Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's time to ask the question, who's the bosk? This is the podcast you're looking for. Who is this bosk character? I fear him. Who is the bosk? Hello and welcome to Who's the Bosk? It's a Star Wars podcast from laughingplace.com. My name is Mike Celestino. I am your host. I'm the lead Southern California reporter and editorial director for Star Wars content at Laughing Place. This is episode number 138 of Who's the Bosk? And we will be talking about the doubleheader of episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch that came out this week on Disney Plus from Lucasfilm Animation. And for that conversation, I have invited onto the show first time guest and fellow Star Wars podcaster. His name is T. Aaron Harris. He is the co-host, I believe, of Star Wars Reactions. Uh, Aaron, do I call you Aaron? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Call me Aaron. Uh, Okay. That's what all my friends call me. So (laughs) Fantastic. So Aaron, uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your week to kind of come and chat with me about Star Wars. No, my pleasure. Thank you for the invite. I, I'm always looking for an excuse to talk Star Wars. <laughs> Great. So tell me a little bit about Star Wars reactions. Uh, how long has that been going? How did it get started? And what what's an average episode like for you guys, for people who may not know your show already? Okay. Well, uh, Star Wars reactions actually is going to have its third birthday this Sunday. Okay. Um, and it's we've been going for about three for three years now. Me and my co-host David Motters, uh, we basically just talk any and all things Star Wars. If there's shows to review, we review them. We uh, talk about books. We talk about uh, just a variety of subjects when we're in between shows. Um, we have a lot of fun going back and doing what we call our vintage reactions, where we start reviewing the Ewok shows and the droid shows from the eighties. Um, we, we just have a blast. I mean, we, we basically just have, it's basically just a conversation between two friends is simply all it is. And, uh, we have a blast doing it and, um, our, our new episodes release every Friday and you, you can find them on, uh, on any of your, any podcast catcher, iTunes, uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, or any of those, uh, or any any others. Okay, so uh, it sounds like actually you may have started your show right around the same time that this show started because I started in February of 2020. Which, you, if you're celebrating your third anniversary next week, we may have very similar yep. start dates. <laughs> yeah, our our first episode dropped February of Star Wars reaction dropped February 12th of uh, 2020. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the exact date that we started here, but uh, yeah, it was February of that year. So uh, happy third anniversary to you. And you um, thank you. I really appreciate it. So we do something here on Who's the Boss called the Five Star Wars Questions. And this is where we learn a little bit more about our guests' uh, history as a Star Wars fan. Give a little bit of a, a baseline of their Star Wars fandom. Uh, what do you think, T. Aaron Harris? You ready to do this? Let's do it. Okay. Five Star Wars questions. Number one, what is your earliest Star Wars memory? Oh, wow. Okay. The earliest Star Wars memory I have. Hmm. That was, that would, that would be watching the, uh, watching A New Hope uh, for the first time in 
it was on an old beat up VHS copy that my parents had recorded off TV. We were mm -hmm. living in San Jose, Costa Rica. Oh, wow. And I remember flipping the coffee table on its side and hiding behind it to shoot stormtroopers as they were storming the Tana de Fog for. And so I, I that's my earliest memory of Star Wars. You got to have some cover if you're going to be in a blaster fight with stormtroopers. Exactly. You know, they were the rebel troopers were dodging behind bulkheads and stuff. I didn't have any bulkheads. I used the coffee table. I love it. That's a great uh, first Star Wars memory. So uh, from that point on, I'm guessing you were a pretty big fan growing up. Um, I was, I was a fan growing up. Um, I mean, but I mean, I, I had a unique situation. My parents were missionaries. I grew up in South America. Okay. So, uh, after the original trilogy came out, I was overseas. I had no clue they were writing books or anything. So I just kind of, my fandom kind of settled down. Mm -hmm. Um, even when the prequels came out, I saw them in theaters, but I never, it didn't light the spark, uh, right back up it actually wasn't until 2013 when my buddy invited me to star wars weekends for the first time down here in orlando uh at, at hollywood studios at disney and uh i i went with them for the first time and had a blast um but what really got the fire going was at those we went two days and the first day we met ashley Exting from Sokotano from mm -hmm. Clone Wars. And the next day we met James Arnold Taylor, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi from Clone <laughs> yes. Wars. And I went and I met both of those two and I had never seen an episode of Clone Wars. So I was only there because my friend took me. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we got our, when I got my one on, because I don't know if you'd been to Star Wars weekends or not, but they used to once, you yes, know, you'd get in line early, get your autograph ticket and go for your, at your designated time. And, so I got autograph tickets for these people and I had never met, <laughs> never even knew who they were. Yeah. And the first day when we met Ashley, uh, I, I get up there and she's like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, great. And she's like, so you like, what's your favorite part about the clone wars? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm going to level with you. I have no clue who you are. I've never seen the show and I have no clue who your character is. And she was of course a little taken back by that. <laughs> I, I can't say I blame her. Um, and I, she did something I did not expect with about 25 people in line behind me with their tickets. She spent about 10 minutes just filling me in on wow. Ahsoka on the story of the clone wars and the history. Um, and I was, I was a little taken back by that. I'm like, that is, you know, pretty cool. I, I that is that. cool. It's awesome. So yeah, same thing happened the next day when we came back and saw James and, I'm, and I was like, I got level with you outside of seeing you host stuff yesterday. Mm -hmm. never heard of you before and he did the same thing they, that's great and, and I'm, after that i'm like you know if these guys are so passionate about what yeah. their show there's got to be something there so i binge watched clone wars got all caught up and then went uh and i'm like this is just fantastic i need more star wars and that's when i started looking for podcasts and stuff and, and ended up being involved with coffee with Kenobi for, for the longest time as nice. a star Wars weekends correspondent. Then I okay. was their, their host for rebels reactions and then resistance reactions after that, which led into star Wars reactions. <laughs> That's a fantastic, but both those stories are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, getting your own personal star Wars, the clone wars recap previously on from <laughs> Ashley Eckstein and James Arnold Taylor. Wow, it doesn't get doesn't get much cooler than that. And what a way to get get back into the 
franchise get more into the franchise than you already were so yeah that that's just fantastic and and by all account you know i've interviewed james arnold taylor i haven't spent uh i haven't talked to ashley much but uh i by all accounts she's uh, such a wonderful kind yeah. person so that makes perfect sense uh number two of the five star wars questions currently what would you say is your favorite star wars movie or tv show and why rebels Okay. Hands down, Star Wars Rebels. There, there. I, I, it's. I don't know how to explain why. There's just something about that show that, from the moment the first episode aired and that opening scene, you hear the Tie Fighters, you see the star. There's just something about that that just grabbed me and hooked me, and I have, I have lived and breathed Star Wars Rebels since <laughs> that initial airing. Yeah, it's a great show. I actually just rewatched all of Rebels in preparation for the Ahsoka series that's coming up uh, later on in the year. I f felt like it was a good idea to get a refresher on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of knowing what's to come. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's the best thing to do. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I'll admit, I do a rewatch of Rebels twice a year. Oh, wow. Okay. So you know that show pretty well. You I probably I don't need it inside and out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really hope that uh, Ahsoka pays off uh, in the ways that you're hoping, because I, I know that I'm hoping that it pays off a lot of the stuff that's been set up uh, by the end of Rebels. Uh, but we'll find out as the year goes on. Uh, Who is your favorite Star Wars character and why? Ooh, see, this is a tough one, because if you go, but if you're if you're wanting an actual character and not a droid, uh, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Um, but overall, if you're, if you're just looping in everybody, droids and, and, and human or yeah, I would consider droids as characters. Okay. Yeah. Then chopper hand down chopper. chopper. All right. I, right. I am, I am obsessed with chopper. I got a life-size <laughs> chopper sitting back over there. Oh, did you build uh, that yourself? I did not. A friend built it okay. and, um, needed to get rid of it. And you know, I inherited it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Is so, it one that, is it a remote control chopper that'll roll around? Not or? yet. It's right okay. now. It's just static, but uh, if, eventually he will he he will begin moving and giving me attitude. That's fantastic. Did you get to see the chopper come out on stage at uh, Star Wars Celebration this past year in Anaheim? I Were did. I I wasn't there for that, but okay. I got to, I was watching it on right. uh, online, and I was so excited to see Chopper show up and. <laughs> flipped my lid don't remember anything else about the panel just that chopper showed up and i just lost my mind after that <laughs> well i feel like it's a hint that we may be seeing more of chopper in live obviously he just had that little. little cameo in rogue one but uh we may be seeing more of him in live action via ahsoka so uh number four of the five star wars questions if you happen to live in the fictional star wars universe where do you think you would fit in what faction would you belong to and the examples that i list off almost every week here are the jedi order the sith the rebel alliance the empire the bounty hunters the scum and villainy hanging out in the cantina <laughs> or anything else you can come up with what do you think aaron where do you where would you belong in the star wars galaxy uh, i would want to belong to the jedi yeah but i would probably end up in the uh, cantina <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a that's an honest answer and honest i will take answer. it <laughs> i love it all right the fifth and final of the five star wars questions is called impression or possession this is where i ask my guests to either do a star wars impression or 
simply opt out and tell me about a favorite Star Wars possession they may own. What do you think, Aaron? Which one do you want to do? Oh. <laughs> hmm. Well, this is must decide I must. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. I think that, you counts. Go. that, that counts. Uh, uh, but you know, honestly, you know, uh, that, that was my good impression, but I'll give you sure. both. I, I did the impression and I'll give you sure. the session. Honestly, my favorite, uh, item that I have, um, is actually a, it's, it's, it's just uniquely to me. Cause I actually put it together and made it. It's literally a poster that's up on, on the wall behind my computer right now. You can't see it. Um, but it is got all the pictures of me with members of the rebels cast. Oh, um, great. from when, and just different snapshots of, of us when I met them, uh, from back when I was hosting rebels reactions, cause that was, like I said, that, that show just had made a huge impact on me. And I I've, had the opportunity to meet and talk with all of them nice. and uh it it just has been it, it made an impact and i like looking at that uh every day so that, yeah. that's probably one of my favorite possessions up there and it's it's nothing you're gonna find the store it's like i said it's just something unique sure. for me no i feel like in asking this question to a lot of different people it always seems like the items with the personal connections are always mm -hmm. the ones that end up being the favorites, especially if you've formed a bond or you feel like you got to know somebody a little oh, bit yeah. better through that, be it another fan or members of the cast like you, like your example. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really wonderful. Okay. That's going to be the end of the five star Wars questions and bring us to star Wars headlines for this week. This is where we just talk about some of the news coming out of a galaxy far, far away since the last recording. I think the biggest news we got this week was, the announcement that Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, the animated series targeted at, I want to say, uh, preschool kids. So a young audience animated series is coming to Disney Plus on May the 4th this year on Star Wars Day. On uh, It's coming to Disney Plus and Disney Junior, I should say. So whichever or both you have, you can check it out there. We also got a list of the cast. So I'm going to read these off really quickly. Then I'll ask your opinion about uh, whether you're excited for this show, Aaron. So uh, we've yeah. got Jamal Avery Jr. playing Kai Brightstar. Emma Berman is a character named Nash Durango. Juliet Donenfeld plays Lise Soleil. Dee Bradley Baker is uh, in the show as a character named Nubs. Jonathan Lippow, or Lippo is RJ83. Boy, that reading that name aloud, that character, that droid's name makes me think of something specific. So, uh, <laughs> and then P Piotr Michael is playing Master Yoda. I'm not sure if he's played that character before, but um, what what do you think, Aaron? Young Jedi Adventures. Do you have kids? Is this something that is going to appeal to you as a an old adult viewer? Do you think you'll be checking it out with kids of your own or, or somebody in your life? Well, you know, my kids are a little too old for okay. for, for that show. I mean, they're ones at ones at high school, the others in middle school. So going to be a little below their level, yeah. but you better believe I'm going to be watching it. Yeah, <laughs> it's new Star Wars. I will give everything a shot, um, whether yeah. and whether I like it or you know, make my decision whether I like it or not. Because you know, it's not going to be for everybody. Uh, they've mm -hmm. already said it's targeted towards preschoolers, so it's going right. to be very. Um, simple 
in its message and its stories and its mm-hmm. action. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do and how they present the world of Star Wars to preschoolers. Um, and just the from the stills they release, the animation looks stunningly beautiful. Yeah, it does look really cool. Nice and colorful, attractive, you know, attractive looking animation, uh, bright, cheerful characters. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've got Yoda there, the familiar character drawing you in and the other really interesting thing about this show is that it's really going to be the first time we see the high republic era in either live action or animation there was a virtual reality game uh tales from the galaxy's edge where you could yep. enter into the high republic on batu but this is outside of the publishing world and those games this is really the first time we'll see uh the high republic era in you know tele televisual storytelling so pretty excited about that as a you know as a fan and a follower of the high republic so uh, that's coming on may the 4th to disney junior and disney plus and i'm sure we'll be you know you and i are both going to be watching that and checking it out and talking about it uh at some point later on in the future all right uh next up in star wars headlines we got another list of guests coming to Star Wars Celebration in London this year. So another list I'm going to read off, then we'll chat about this in a, in a minute here. So <laughs> the big the big one, the big, big name on this list is Billy D. Williams, of course, who played Lando Calrissian in, in a, a, several films and TV appearances over the years. He'll be at Star Wars Celebration this year. Gwendolyn Christie, who played Captain Phasma. Jonas Suotimo, who played Chewbacca, taking over for Peter Mayhew. Ming Na Wen as Fennec Shand, Rosario Dawson, uh, who played Ahsoka Tano on Mandalorian and the upcoming Ahsoka series, Michael Carter. So the rest of these are all uh, mostly from Return of the Jedi for the 40th anniversary. Michael Carter, who played Bib Fortuna in that film, Sean Crawford, who was Yak Face, Tim Dry, who was Jaquil, one of the aliens, I think, on the sail barge, uh, Femi Taylor, who was Ula in Jabba's Palace. Mike Edmonds, who was Low Gray on Endor, the Ewok. Uh, Mike Quinn, who was Nine Num, and Tim Rose, who was Admiral Akbar, and Carolyn Blackiston or Blakiston, who was the original Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi. Uh, they will always be there. Uh, they will all be there. And then from the more recent era, we've got Aiden Cook, who has two tubes in, I believe, Rogue One and in Andor. Silas Carson, who was Ki Adi Mundi in the prequels, and Matthew Wood, who is General General Grievous in the Battle Droids, and I think he was also the more recent version of Bib Fortuna in the Mandalorian. So, uh, the first question I have for you, Aaron, are you uh, are you attending Star Wars Celebration this year in London? Oh, I wish I could. It's, yeah, London's just a little out of reach for me this year, um, but it the the lineup is absolutely outstanding. Uh, for who all is going to be there. Yeah. Um, and Billy D's an awesome man. I met him at the Star Wars weekends. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so laid back, so cool. Um, and there's just so many names on here. Tim Rose is awesome too. I met him at Star Wars weekends too. Mm-hmm. And there, it's, it's just going to be a great event. I'm so happy uh, our our fellow fans in uh, Europe get to, to get to enjoy the party this year. I know it's been a while since they've got to yeah. host it on their soil. So right. Um, glad they're getting to do it and um i i i I just really wish them the best i i'm hoping for a fabulous show with some excellent live streams (laughs) yeah i i feel bad in saying that i am i am getting to go i feel bad that you're not uh, 
that you are uh, yeah my first time uh going to london at all ever so i'm super psyched nice. um but yeah sorry sorry that you can't make it i'm sure it will be a blast um and i, I you know uh, i'm sure you'll be getting all the <laughs> the news and the fun coming out of there uh watching along on on wherever you know that wherever the streams are happening youtube yep. twitter okay uh next up in headlines this week ea electronic arts re released about 10 minutes worth of gameplay from Jedi Survivor, the upcoming video games coming out at the end of March now. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you feel about uh, what do you feel about these games? Is it the end of March? Oh, no, it's a, uh, yeah, I think the end of March. Yeah, end of March. I believe that was the date I heard. Um, the the, end of the April, gameplay, yeah. the gameplay looks fantastic. Uh, yeah. It looks absolutely great. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I've not played. I've never played Fallen Order, or not, and I okay. won't, won't have a chance to play this. I just don't have a system that'll play them. Um, I haven't. I haven't upgraded. I've lost gotcha. all my video game systems about five years ago, and haven't been able to replace or get new ones because they just haven't been a priority. Um, but the gameplay looks fantastic, and I am so excited to see uh, more of the footage as it comes out and see what's going on in uh in these stories because they are they're so detailed so in depth and they do so and they it's just so beautifully done yeah. that uh that they tell a fantastic story yeah i totally agree uh, i did play through that first game and i was really into it so i'm super psyched about this one and i agree with you that the the gameplay footage that they've released looks really, really cool. I just double checked them. It is the end of April. So April, April 28th. I know the date had changed. So uh, I had uh, gotten a little confused there. But yeah, end of April, we'll have Jedi Survivor. It's actually in that week, the gap between the end of Mandalorian season three and uh, and the week following the release of this game is may the 4th so there's like a little bit of a gap there for the game to come out <laughs> between all those big things because we've got star wars visions season yep. two on may the 4th and and that yep. young jedi adventures series it's going to be a crazy busy first uh half of the year here with star wars content uh, speaking is. of the mandalorian yeah absolutely speaking of the mandalorian that show is going to make its broadcast broadcast television debut on abc Freeform and FX, three uh, Disney-owned television networks, on February twenty-fourth, one week before the premiere of season three. So they're going to be airing the very first episode from season one, and I think this is a good way, basically, to get more viewers to get uh, people. Not that people aren't already aware of and interested in the Mandalorian, but maybe this will remind people of what it's all about. I don't know. What do you think about that, Aaron? Is this you know, a, a good strategy? Yeah, it's always a good strategy uh, to it, it's great promotion and everything. Um, my only thing is I would have said, I would have probably showed something from season two because they've already put season one's first episode on the air back before season two came out so oh, did they okay yeah oh um, i did not know that. okay yeah they they on these same networks too oh all so, right I, I had forgotten about that um, but yeah uh, actually i, I think they showed like the first two or three episodes i want to say they did you might um, you might very well be right about and that. um yeah. but i i it's it's a good promotion especially uh it'd be a great way to get people to subscribe to disney plus for the new season yeah binge watch the old ones it's it's definitely it's it's a genius promotion um, so it's definitely going to work in their favor. 
yeah, uh, I agree and definitely excited for season three, as I'm sure you are as well. And that's starting on March 1st. Mm -hmm. uh, in completely different news, there was a, a bit of a controversy this past week involving actor P Peter Mayhew, the original Chewbacca, who passed away within the last few years. And his uh, items that were owned by him that were taken you know, uh, an auction house had taken possession of these items because they were left in a, a house that he had lived in and sold. And I know his wife was tweeting about how she wanted to get them back, these items back from this auction house, instead of just having them sell it, sell them to another party. And I think what we reported at laughingplace.com was that communications are underway so that Peter Mayhew's family can get his possessions back okay. from this auction house. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this story? <laughs> yeah. It, it, I'm glad a communications open up. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see it. I mean, I've met uh, Peter and his wife before and they, they were awesome people uh, just so down to earth and so, so kind. So to, to have this situation occur to them, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, especially yeah. with, with, knowing Peter has passed away and he's gone. So it's, uh, I, I'm glad communication went underway and I really, really am hoping and praying she gets everything back. <laughs> yeah. That would be, uh, the best possible outcome to yeah. this story and this situation. So let's cross our fingers that that works out getting into the publishing side of star Wars. There was announcement this past week of a new novel coming out called star Wars crimson climb written by E.K. Johnston, the author who wrote the recent Padme Amidala trilogy with all the handmaidens. Mm -hmm. And this novel, Crimson Climb, is going to focus on Kira, the character from Solo, a Star Wars story that was played by Amelia Clark. And I believe, if we're interpreting the cover correctly, I believe this is going to be about Kira's time between when Han leaves her on Corellia at the beginning of the film and when they meet up again and she's uh, part of Crimson Dawn working under Dryden Voss uh, later on in the film. Uh, Aaron, are you following Kira's recent stories in the comic books? Are you a fan of this character? Are you looking forward to this novel? Are you a, are you a Star Wars reader in general, I guess, is the question? Yeah, I, I, I am a reader. I love I love the books. Um, so I'll definitely be picking this up. E.K. Johnson yeah. always does a fabulous job uh, with her books. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I loved Solo. I enjoyed the character of Kira. So yeah. anything to expand on her story is is going to be fun to enjoy. Um, I have I will say I have not I have not touched the comics. Okay. Um, but I, I hear they were fabulous. They're on my list of stuff to get. I think I'm just going to kind of wait till they release the uh, compilation mm -hmm. and just grab them all then. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this book. It's going to be it's going to be a fun read. Me too. Uh, happy to get more Kira stuff. Now, the comic books recently have been covering Kira's story between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And this book seems like it's going to be earlier in her life, like right after Han left Corellia, like I said. We still don't have that period. We haven't seen her life represented in between the end of Solo and the original trilogy period. So mm -hmm. I, I have to wonder if they're saving that for the potential of Amelia Clark returning to the character 
at some point, which I think would be ideal. I think I saw somewhere that somebody said she expressed interest in coming back as the character. I don't know how much demand there is for that kind of thing, but I know that they've been talking about that Lando Calrissian live action show. So I thought maybe that would be a good place to bring Kira back if she doesn't get her own show. I don't, do you, do you think we'll Mm -hmm. see Amelia Clark return to the role of Kira at some point? I honestly, I hope so. I really enjoyed the character. I thought, solo was a very underrated film uh so absolutely i would love to see her come back um whether we do or not i i'm not i'm not holding my breath um but i i would love i i would be the first in line if they did okay yeah me too i i also think solo is underrated so i'll agree with you there in more publishing news i wrote a book review for the high republic battle of Jeddah. now this was released as an audio drama earlier Mm -hmm. this year and now they're putting it out in published printed hardcover script form and uh, i was lucky enough to receive an advanced copy of that and write my review i also like listened along i re-listened to the audio drama while i was reading it so that helped out a lot and i'm i'm really digging this story are you uh you following the high republic at all aaron I actually, I have been, I, I've yeah. been, been listening to the books. Uh, I, I do more audio books nowadays just for okay. time purposes. Um, but I have been listening since the first, first novel was released. Um, and had really, I, I loved the first, the first phase of, uh, the high Republic, the second phase I've kind of been struggling with. Okay. Um, I, I have listened to, to battle Jetta and it, it was, it was good. Um, it was to me, it wasn't as good as the first what some of the first waves were sure um but it was still a good story and a lot of fun mm-hmm. to to enjoy too and the way they put together the audio drama was was fabulous the great vocals and yeah and great great uh sound effects and everything it was kind of like watching the movie without the sounds uh, or without right. the video yeah they do a really good job like production wise on these audio dramas with the cast and the sound effects and the music like you mentioned so I recommend picking that up and if you want to read along or just read it without the audio, uh, which is your choice as well. Or if you have uh, hearing impairment or something, this is a good way to read that story via the script that's coming out from, I think it was Penguin Random House Random Publishing. House. Yeah, so that's called the High Republic, the Battle of Jeddah. Speaking of the High Republic and speaking of comic books, like we mentioned earlier, I also wrote three new Star Wars comic book reviews that came out this week, Star Wars Hidden Empire, number three, which involves Kira, uh, the High Republic, number five, and Darth Vader, number 31. So you can find all these reviews over at laughingplace.com. They're still churning out those Star Wars comics, so many uh, coming out week by week. So uh, I'm enjoying most, if not all of them, and you can read all my thoughts over at (laughs) laughingplace.com. Lastly, in Star Wars headlines for this week, uh, our friends over at the Denuo Novo company they make a high-end prop and costume replicas from star wars they have announced a fin uh fn2187 am i getting that right yeah um first order yeah yeah, uh first order stormtrooper helmet and it's got the uh the blood marking from uh the force awakens when the other trooper kind of smears his blood bloody hand on his helmet so it looks really really cool and you can go and pre-order that now from de nuo nuovo again they make really high quality high-end uh armor replicas and 
costume replicas and some other stuff. They have a Grogu statue that's really neat. So you can check that out at denuonovo.com, I believe. Okay. That oh, I, I guess I should ask you, do you is that something that you collect? Do you collect armor or costume replicas, that kind of thing, those high-end collectibles? I do not. There I I I love them. They they look fabulous. Yeah. And I do have a stormtrooper helmet sitting on the shelf behind me. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much as far as I've gone <laughs> is with a helmet. Yeah. I think at a certain point, I've certainly experienced this, but space really becomes yes. an issue. <laughs> it's just like oh, I have yes. no room for anything anymore. Um and my wife will will murder me if I start buying too many uh, <laughs> giant Star Wars collectibles. Not not to mention the the cost as well. But if yeah. you have the money and the space, it's definitely very cool to own stuff like that. Okay, that's going to bring us to the end of Star Wars headlines for this week, and to our main topic for this week's episode, and that is the Bad Batch. We got two episodes of the Bad Batch this week on Disney Plus. One was called The Clone Conspiracy, and Part Two of that double header was called truth and consequences before we get into those episodes i want to ask you aaron what was your history with the bad batch from the beginning so th these characters were introduced in first of all they were introduced in episodes of clone wars that originally were unfinished and they showed yep. them at star wars celebration then years later they went and finished them and released them as part of season seven what did you think of those characters when they were first introduced and what did you think of season one of the Bad Batch a couple years ago when that came out on, oh, on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the characters. I I, yeah. I love them. Um, I, I I did see the unfinished animation. Um, matter of fact, I got it on a burnt on a CD uh -huh. uh, somewhere uh, here in my office um, that I that I've watched on a regular basis, and I pulled out and watched when they announced they were actually doing the series. <laughs> um, so I, I I enjoy the characters. I thought it was they were they were fun when they were introduced in uh rebel and excuse me clone wars and i thought it was nice a good a, a different view of the clones um because you know not everything comes out per if you do any kind of manufacturing at any point you know things don't come out as planned right well you know it's going to happen with clones too <laughs> we we saw that in the clone wars we see that with uh the bad batch and it it's been it it's made for good fun. Um, I, I loved season one. We covered season one on reactions and uh, we had a David and I had a blast covering it. We had a blast watching every episode. Um, so it was a lot of fun to watch. And I have thoroughly enjoyed season two even more than I did season one. Great. What, what have you liked uh, about season two that made you enjoy it more? But not, not counting this week's episodes, but <laughs> not counting this week's. Yeah. Like the first, the first six. The first six, I, I really enjoyed, especially with these first six episodes, we got to see a lot more of, you know, when the show was introduced, it was introduced as these clones going to be out. It was a lot of people identified it as the A-team in space. Yeah. Didn't see a lot of that in the first season, but we've seen a lot of that in this, this season when they had to help Sid out of the bind, when they right. had to, when they went and helped, um, uh, Gunji in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and, and, but what really, really hooked me was the opening, uh, was, was actually episode three. And that's of this season with that solitary clone episode where they just strictly focused on, um, crosshair and yeah. his, his day to day, day in, day out run with the, 
rampart and the empire and how he's treated and everything and i believe that to me because one thing i always i was always coming through season one is we at some point where we have to see the redemption of crosshair start a lot of star wars stories are stories of redemption the anakin's was story of redemption i would even say jenner so it's got a redemption story in there uh for her so crosshair has to there has to be redemption for crosshair with his team and i think that's the episode that finally got that ball rolling Mm. um especially at the end it had a very similar feel with him just kind of sitting there contemplating in in his room a very similar feel to the end of the honorable ones in star wars rebels when callus was sitting in his room after being rescued from being stranded with zeb and you see everything just start to flip for him and i think that's what we saw in that third episode and that's what has sold me because i'm starting to see the build up to we're going to get his redemption soon at some point i I love that that. i love that comparison you made to callus i hadn't made that connection um but yeah i love i also loved that episode the third episode of this season i think when i did the podcast episode about it i said and I believe this still holds true even after this week. I said that that episode was my favorite of the Bad Batch entirely, the entire series so far. And yep. I think I would still look back on that one as my favorite. So let's let's get into this week's episodes. We, we did get two episodes. So uh, let's talk about the clone conspiracy first. I guess my first... Uh, you know, uh, set up for you, my first pitch to you is is how would you describe... The plot of this episode the clone conspiracy to somebody who maybe hasn't seen it yet well the the plot of this is basically is simple what is the empire going to do with the clones that is what they're talking yeah. about in this um and i love that we got these episodes because it's something that after the after episode two came out and we got episode three and the starts watching the clone wars that was always a question in the back of a lot of people's minds. How did they make the transition from clones to stormtroopers? And we got to see that happen in these episodes. Um, it, it has a lot of the political intrigue that we are used to seeing from Clone Wars, with right. the, uh, with the conflicts in the Senate, um, and it just really was an a a fabulous narrative, uh, and and. full of political intrigue to get us to the point and answer those questions and you can't help but feel for those clones because literally they shot this up these two episodes just like they would have an an episode of clone wars it felt like an arc of the clone wars honestly yes it really did uh it really reminded me of the clone wars in a lot of ways uh and yeah there was this big question when we entered into the bad batch starting up because it was taking place after the rise of the empire and order 66 the question is going to be well what how does the empire transition from using the clone army into using conscripted human you know non-cloned humans as the army army where did the stormtroopers come from and we dealt with that a little bit in season one there was an episode about war mantle project war mantle but then this two-parter really really dives into the politics behind that and we get we get the moment where the emperor basically declares the era of the clone army is over so uh using that as a springboard let's talk about uh truth and consequences this is where the bad batch 
come in to play here. So tell me a little bit about what happens in, in that episode. Well, truth and consequences, you, we get, uh, captain Rex, who of course has rescued, uh, Senator Chuchi, uh, who we got yeah. know from the clone wars, uh, from an, a clone assassin, uh, and he calls for help, uh, from, Clone Force 99, a.k.a. the Bad Batch, who come rushing to Coruscant to help Rex out. And basically from there, there's a plan hatched to try to help save the clones and their brothers. They're all brothers. And by infiltrating the Venator cruiser of Admiral Rampart, because there's hidden a hidden file on there that will implicate him in the destruction of Topoka city. Yeah. Uh, so they break in steal, and they need that for evidence for the Senate. So they will not pass the bill to basically decommission the clones. So they infiltrate it. They steal it, get it to the Senate. It's presented. You think everything is good to go. Then a pops Palpatine and just kind of manipulates and twists everything to his advantage. What a, what a great, ending what a great twist on oh, oh yeah. we we just played right into palpatine's hands we gave we thought we were uncovering this <laughs> secret truth of the destruction of camino but palpatine just figured out a way to use that to get exactly what he wanted in yep. that moment uh really oh boy what shining a spotlight on what a great villain palpatine is especially during this era of the star Wars uh, timeline, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, so, I loved, yeah, and I love, and I love that they brought Ian McDermott back to voice yes. him for this too. It, which, it was, just was perfect. Right. It seems like he's been doing that a lot lately. Now mm -hmm. in the clone Wars animated series, you had a couple different actors voicing Palpatine, but it wasn't ever Ian Mc, McDermott. Right. So no. he's done Palpatine now in rebels oh, and, nice. And Bad here Batch. in the Bad Batch, which is cool that he's willing to do that. Um, and then he popped up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi live action series as well. And then, uh, of course, he was in the Rise of Skywalker. So we're in like the, the renaissance of, of Palpatine these days. <laughs> I feel like it, it's wonderful that Ian McDermott is still willing to come back and reprise that character for these smaller yep. appearances here and there. So uh, opinion wise, I did say that um the episode the crosshair episode was my favorite of the whole series and this season but i did think that this two-parter was also really really excellent what what about you aaron what did you think of this double double header the two-parter uh that we got this week well it to me it was about as close to perfect as you can get yeah <laughs> there it was there it, if was fire the story was firing on all cylinders the animation was on point kevin kiner soundtrack mwah. i yeah. mean it was it was it was as close to perfect as you could get um and definitely these two episodes will take their rightful position in the top five of the series easily very easily um so they're definitely definitely fabulous episodes and i loved every minute of them is this what people were now? I've seen a lot of people on Twitter or whatever, social media complaining about the quote unquote filler episodes of the Bad Batch, which I'm guessing you and I agree like, you know, there needs to be the fun adventure episodes in between the heavier mythology episodes. I don't know your opinion well, on that, but yeah, go ahead. 
Well, I've had this saying since I, for years, since I was back to when I was hosting Rebels Reactions. And, and, I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe it. There's no such thing as filler. Mm-hmm. Everything they do is mapped out. Dave Filoni has a plan. He's still the executive producer of the show. Right. He has a plan for this show. Everything is planned out and there's nothing, there's not going to be any wasted space. And if you want a prime example of that, I'll take you back to Star Wars Rebels. I'll take you back to the episode where they go to steal the get the the fuel from the mining guild, hmm. and they have those space whales, the pergils, show up. Yes. everybody called that the worst filler of the series. Well, guess <laughs> what? It wasn't a filler. They played a pivotal role in the end of hmm. the series, and I got a feeling they'll show up in Ahsoka. They disappeared with Ezra. She'll find them with Ezra. It's you can't just because something doesn't feel like it connects now. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not going to connect somewhere else, whether it's in the next episode, two seasons down the road in another movie or in a book or comic down the road, it all is going to connect and it's all going to be there for a reason. So I, I, I am, I, I have a hard stance that there, there are no fillers. <laughs> it's really funny to hear you say that because I, I remember back when the Mandalorian season one was coming out and people had the same complaint, like, Oh, these episodes are all going to be self-contained. There's not enough connective tissue. And then by the end of the season, you know, Mando's going back and collecting up all his friends and, and they're pivotal parts of the finale. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, there's a, there's a plan here. They know what they're doing. Let's, let's have a little bit of faith. Uh, Yeah. I mostly, uh, completely agree with you there yep. so in Filoni, uh, i trust <laughs> <laughs> let's talk let's get into these episodes a little bit more did you have any favorite moments or scenes that stood out to you from either of these clone conspiracy or truth and consequences uh probably one of my favorite scenes in in this was when they were s- stealing the the data from the venator and uh-huh. they are using the escape pod to escape and they just the one they're in just shoots up and over and just kind of crash lands. And Hunter was like, Well, that went better than I thought. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, dude. <laughs> you gotta trust tech. Um, but that was probably one of my favorite moments. I, I think I laughed harder at that moment than anything in the in the episodes. Um, yeah. but that and the scenes in the Senate with Bail Organa up in there uh, with with Senator Chuchi Masa Meda being voiced again by Stephen Stanton. Right. It was just so fun uh, to see that again. And I, those those would have to be my favorite scenes. I totally agree with you on both those counts, but I especially really like the Senate scenes as well. Mm-hmm. It's great to see Phil Lamar or hear Phil Lamar's voice back as bail organa i did i think this is a good opportunity to talk about one of my little bullet points here that i was thinking about uh as these episodes aired we got the return of a character from the clone wars animated mm-hmm. series named holly bertoni uh which is she is yep. a caminoan caminoan yep. um and she was a senator but they call her a disgraced senator in these episodes and I was just thinking about the naming conventions of some of these <laughs> prequel era characters. Cause in the prequel trilogy of films, we had a character named Newt Gunray who 
it's pretty much pretty obvious this character is named after both Newt Gingrich, Newt, Newt, Newt Gingrich. Is it Gingrich? Yeah. Yeah. And Lot, uh, Lot Dodd. Well, Newt Gunray is named after Newt Gingrich and Ronald Reagan because it's a uh, Ray Gun, Gunray. Anyway, Lot Dodd mm-hmm. is named after Trent Lott, another uh, member of the U.S. Congress. Yep. And then Holly Bertoni, this Kaminoan character, is named clearly obviously named after Halliburton driving the point home, the connection to the like military industrial Mm -hmm. complex. And I think thinking about these names, some of them are very on the nose and I, they're almost (laughs) silly to the point where I love them. You know, (laughs) I think I would say that. Um, But also I think they're prime evidence to present to people who say that star Wars was never political under George Lucas. Because (laughs) like, Exactly. Look at these characters' names. Uh, they are so on the like. You might as well name characters like Senator. I'm a bad guy, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but boy, uh, I just always found that really amusing. And when Hallie Bertoni came up in these episodes, I was I had forgotten about that character and that name, and it made me go back and and think about uh, this naming convention. But just always thought that was very amusing um yeah did you have any thoughts on that Aaron? you know I, I i love how they name characters in star wars you yeah know, it's just always it whether it's stuff like this or even when they are just trying to take care of some of their employees like right matt martin mark matton yeah i mean it's just little things like that they just switch up just to throw out names there and you know it's talking about somebody but it's a completely different person yeah if they they do a fabulous job and if they don't have names hidden like this throughout star wars you know what's the fun (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh the other thing i want to ask you about is we get a we get a pretty major character beat at the very end of the second episode here, where, where Echo says goodbye to the Bad Batch. Now, that was uh, kind of the setup. F- you know, they had this kind of back, what they call a backdoor pilot mm-hmm. in the se- seventh season of the Clone Wars, where you had Echo join the Bad Batch at the end of that four-part arc. Yep. And that was kind of the setup for the Bad Batch series. And now Echo is off working with Rex, mm-hmm. fighting the Empire, how do you think the show is going to change? What do you, how do you feel about this decision to, to leave echo out of the group for a little while? It, it, it did catch me off guard. Um, but I don't think we're done with them. I think he'll be back. Um, just like when they left Sabine on Mandalore in rebels. Yes. You know, she came back. She, she wasn't written off the show. She came back and played a pivotal role. Um, I, I think echo, we're not done with echo yet he it was a gut punch to see him leave yeah but uh i have faith he is going to cross our screens in a major way uh before the season is over i would agree with that too i bet he'll be back by the time of the two-part finale Mm uh coming up that one is at the end of march so yeah i I would be very surprised if we don't see echo again this season as well um but do you think there's a i i was kind of wondering if there was a behind the scenes reason why they wanted to write Echo out of the show for a little while. My thought, my initial thought was, oh, they're not finding enough for him to do. Like there's only almost too many lead characters among the clones in the Bad Batch. And they uh, they just kind of want to push push Echo aside so we could focus on, you know, Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker, and Omega 
until until the finale again i don't know do you agree with that i i, I don't know i i i can i can see that point of view yeah. um I, I think it more has to do with the story they've written um it had there's going to be um I, I think it's going to play pivotal role in the story yeah. um and i think it's going to involve bringing rex and cody back in toward the finale as well so and this is how they're going to do it is bringing echo back into the picture and those guys are going to tag along so i think it's i i, I don't think it was just because they wanted to focus on other characters i think it's because this is what needs to happen to get the story we want told done hmm. you're probably right and definitely looking forward to seeing how they do bring echo back eventually um for a climactic i'm sure to be sure to be climactic ending to season two Ooh, of the bad batch so is there anything else that you would like to say about these two episodes before we move along um just that these were probably like like we said earlier these are the best some of the best yeah. episodes we have seen um if you're a clone wars fan and you haven't been watching bad batch this is the reason to watch it these two episodes to get to these two episodes is yeah. a reason to, to watch um if you're not a clone wars fan if you're just a star wars fan original trilogy fan you want and a prequels fan you want to watch these episodes to fill in the blanks on how the transition was made because it does a fantastic job and boy what a great showcase for d bradley baker i mean this yep. show in general the series in general is a just demonstrative of his talents because you mm -hmm. have all these main characters who all have they're all clones they all have the same voice and accent but they all have unique individual traits and personalities that you can instantly hear and then yep. this two-parter not only brings back captain rex who has his own unique voice and, and persona but introduces a, a couple more mm -hmm. uh key clone players that we get to know well oh i guess that's another question i have for you we didn't really get a resolution to this idea that there is this clone sniper character and and they take off the helmet and obviously it's revealed to be one of the clones of Django Fett and Rex says oh he's not a trooper this is something else but we don't really get an answer to who that sniper is or where he came from what are your thoughts do you have any predictions about where that might be going I think I think it's going to lead us the same place it's going to take us with Rampart it's going to yeah. take us back to Mount Tantus at the end mm. of what we saw at the end of season one, that mountain where they took um, Lama Sutu. Right. I, that, that I, I got a feeling it's all going to lead back to there. Okay. That, do you think that I don't, could be I don't, a... I don't think we're done with Rampart either. I think even though he was taken away in chains, Emperor, he's too valuable to the Emperor at this point. Okay. You don't, and Emperor doesn't care what the Senate wants. He cares what it's going to accomplish his goals. So Emperor is going to say he took care of him and eliminated him. But I got a feeling he's being shipped off back mm. to that, back to that base, back to what they've confirmed as Mount Tantus. Yeah. Uh, so I got a feeling he's going to end up there and they will all cross paths again. Do you think Tantus might serve as the primary location for the finale this year? Probably. That okay. that's my those are my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll that's see. that's very, my very speculation. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question I have for you about the Bad Batch, then along the same lines, is there anything else that you are hoping or expecting to see in the remainder of season two? By the way, this is the halfway point. We are, we have now reached 
eight episodes out of 16 of season two. So what are you looking forward to? What do you, is there any, anyone you hope pops up or any plot lines that you see, want to see addressed hmm. dangling threads? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's been many dangling threads they've yeah. left outside of what the overlying story is. Um, you know, being the rebels fan, I am, I'd love to see Hera pop back up. I'd love to see uh, Caleb doom right pop back up um i'd love to see them uh but you know overall you know i just want to i, I want to see where they're taking the story uh that's what i'm looking forward to i want to see the story where it goes i want i am longing to see crosshair's redemption uh because he was one of my favorite characters when they introduced them in season seven so i'm really longing for that Okay, we'll see what happens. I'm very excited to check out the remainder, the, the final second half of season two mm -hmm. coming up soon on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of our discussion of The Bad Batch, but we still have the final segment of Who's the Boss Left to Do, and that's called First Steps into a Larger World. This is where we talk about the media that we've been consuming and or enjoying outside of Star Wars. This week, my example is the movie Everything Everywhere all at once it's nominated for best picture it was a movie that i really wanted to check out when it first came out last year just didn't have time but it was re-released into theaters last week so i did have a chance to go out and watch it with my wife here in burbank and really really enjoyed it it's just nice. such a fun um yeah it's a sci-fi action movie i was a little worried at the beginning it was going to be a little too um reminiscent of like the matrix there was a lot of stuff they were borrowing from the matrix in this <laughs> film and then it, it's almost got a, quite a bit of uh rick and morty the animated okay. cartoon there's a lot of like dimension hopping and um existential observations and humor so i would say by the halfway point it starts to transcend all of those influences and very much becomes its own thing the cast is really wonderful and you know, I've talked about this, I think, on the show before, but it's just so cool to see the actor K. Hoi Kwan from Indiana yeah. Jones and the Temple of Doom and the Goonies back, back, yeah, short <laughs> round and data back in action, doing his thing and being really wonderful and getting to see him get all these awards and, and nominations yeah. and accolades. Uh, just so cool. So congratulations to him. Uh, how about you, Aaron? Anything that you've been watching or reading or playing uh, lately that's not Star Wars related? Well, when I'm not working and I'm not doing my podcast, um, honestly, only thing I've been doing recently is watching hockey. I'm okay, a big, guys. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan. So okay, uh, I've been watching a lot of light, which which was interesting because last night when I recorded my show, the Lightning were playing the Colorado Avalanche, and the person that was on the show with me was a huge Avalanche fan. So we were nitpicking at each other <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, um, and I got the last laugh because we won five nothing. So. <laughs> So I, I am not a big sports guy or not really a sports guy much at all, but I'll ask uh, how much longer does the NHL season go on at this point? Is this, we're nearing uh, the end or we're in the middle? Oh, we're about, we're about, about in the middle, about halfway, okay. a little over halfway. We just had the all-star weekend. So we got to, we're, we're hyping up for the playoffs. Starting, okay. Everybody's starting gearing up and starting their final run to the playoffs. So. And is there a chance the lightning could go 
to the all the way to the playoffs or Stanley Cup uh, or there's always there's always a chance. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they haven't been mathematically we, eliminated yeah, yet. No, we keep playing like we played last night. We're going all the way. Okay. <laughs> I hope that happens for you. And uh that's gonna bring us to the end of this week's episode of Who's the Boss? I really want to thank my guest, T. Aaron Harris. Where can people find you and where can people find your podcast uh Star Wars reactions if they want to seek that out aaron perfect well well first off thank you so much for having me it's been a blast i love doing the show it was a lot of fun um if you want to find find star wars reactions uh best play we're we're all over social media we're on facebook and uh twitter at sw reactions pod we are on instagram and um pinterest uh, at okay. at uh, SW Reactions, and you can find all of our show notes along with some of our show uh, with links to our shows there at uh, Tumblr at SW Reactions. Uh, of course, you can find the show if you want to listen anywhere you get your podcast from: Apple, Google, uh, Spotify. I believe we just got added to Spotify, so we're Great. we're all all over the place there. So check us out, and if you want to talk Star Wars with me or anything in general, or if you just uh, want to chit chat. The best place to do that for me is actually Twitter okay. uh, at TA Harris, 12, 10, 79. Fantastic. And yeah, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed coming on the show. It was great talking with you. Really appreciate you taking some time to chat with me about star Wars this week, next week on who's the boss. We will be talking about some more bad batch with season two, episode nine, as always, Please visit laughingplace.com for all your Disney news and opinions. And I am on Twitter as well at who's the Bosk pod. That's my handle over there. That's going to bring us to the end of who's the Bosk for this week. My name is Mike Celestino. Thank you out there for listening. See you next time. Bye. Boring conversation anyway. <laughs>